Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is the two mats for the week ending Friday, the 29th of September. A palace chronicler for the digital age. What's that all about, Matt? It's about Michael Wolf. It is. The um, the legendary biographer of uh, Donald Trump and now author of a fine book on the decline and fall of the, the Murdoch Empire called The Fall. Yes, and we've we, just had a long chat with him. We have, and I think it was, it was really interesting, and I hope that listeners enjoy it as much as we did. Well, I loved all the... Obviously, he's got really great insight into the political dynamics and yes. Murdoch's role in that, but I did love the kind of personal insights, not least... How Murdoch goes about choosing his lunch. That was a fascinating day. detail I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd never heard before, but it yeah. was so sort of emblematic of the whole yeah. state of play. It really was. Um, and, and, and he came over as very forthcoming and a decent guy who has clearly got to know Murdoch better than 99.999% of the people in the world. Yes. And I think people will find it fascinating. It really is um, inside the room stuff. Yeah. And you set it up. So thank you for that. Pleasure. Big up to you for that. Uh, what are we going to call the episode? I think we should just go for, you know, really oblique. The Michael Wolf interview. Won't that confuse people? <laughs> okay, all right. I think we we'll should never underestimate your listeners, Matt. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with it. All right, so folks, this is The Two Mats, episode 15, The Michael Wolf Interview. Enjoy. So, Michael Wolf, uh, welcome to the Two Mats, and thank you very much for doing this uh, interview pegged to the publication of your excellent book, The Fall, The End of the Murdoch Empire. I'm holding it up for people watching on YouTube. Uh, it's out now, and it's excellent. Um wanted to get straight into it, which is to ask, this is a book about Murdoch and Fox, um, but it's it seems to me really a parable of politics and culture and technology in the 2020s is a much broader story it's about you know family facing the mortality of the 92 year old patriarch rupert and a cash generating cable tv company you know it's arguably been the most powerful voice in u.s political media but also facing its own mortality as um the digital world makes its inroads into the conservative ecosphere i just wonder what made you go back, having written a book on Murdoch already um, 14 or 15 years ago, what made you go back to him as a biography subject? 
Well, the, these things kind of kind of connected to each other. Um, you know, I mean, Trump is kind of inexorably bound to Fox and therefore Murdoch. You know, Murdoch, who you know for for you know you know many years was the you know a leading the leading right wing bugaboo. Um, you, you know, is actually now a kind of middle of the road conservative, a conservative conservative, so to speak. Um, he likes his politicians to be standard issue. Um, um, uh, you know, he, he's certainly not interested in culture wars. He's certainly not interested in identity politics. Um, he's a, you know, he's a, you know, he's a, a, a low taxes, what's good for business conservative um, guy, um, um, you know, give me Margaret Thatcher, give me Ronald Reagan. And then here he is, and he started this this um, uh, this news network, which was really never supposed to be a, a, a uh, you know, an out-and-out out political voice. It was supposed to be a, um, you know, a tabloid news, um, you know, let's build up an audience network, um, you know, like television, like television uh, is or like it was before, before Fox, um, and then Roger Ailes had his own agenda and his own craft that he was that he was he was pursuing, and and that started to produce enormous profits. So for Murdoch, it was like, okay, well, I, I don't even really have to have to think too much about this. Um, and Fox went on in its way, and then one day, literally, it was like one day, Rupert Murdoch woke up. And that was that was partly because because Roger Ailes was pushed out pushed out by Rupert's sons because of of, of sexual harassment stuff, um, and then because Donald Trump became the president of the United States, something something that that you know even a few months before, um, probably a few probably the day before. Um, uh, Rupert Murdoch could not have imagined, and suddenly he was he was in a new world, and it was it was in every possible way his world because he was now in charge of Fox News, and I think that he found that being in charge of it, it didn't matter. Fox News was its own monster by this time, as Donald Trump was its own monster. Um, um, uh, you know, which which sort of made Rupert Murdoch Dr. Frankenstein, but not even because he didn't really even create it. Um, and 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 you 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 kind of have the you can kind of see him as 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 just standing there, gobsmacked, confused. Um, what is going on around me? And I think that was the um, the thought bubble over Rupert's head. And do you, do you, Michael, do you think he's he's worked out what was going on now, and and is this part of the the reason that he's at least ostensibly stepped back? But do, do, has he kind of thought, do you know what, this is this game has moved on beyond me now? No, no I, I I doubt of that. I, I don't think he has the capacity the the um, to be that objective about about himself. Um, I think I think that he probably thinks people, you know, it's 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 really hard to defend. Um, um, uh, the perception is more than a perception. The fact of how old I am, so I have to, I have to kind of, kind of, uh, uh, you know, get a cover story for this. Um, <laughs> but um, um, and 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 I, you know, 
I think that he. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure that he has that he has resolved what's 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 happened. I think that he thinks, and he has thought over the past year. I can do something about this, and this is partly prompted um, by the fact that he hates Donald Trump, has always hated Donald Trump. January 6th was uh, incomprehensible to him. The fact that Donald Trump might become president again is something that that um, um, that that not only can't, he can't live with, but he thinks he can do something about. And on top of that, his children are saying, remember your legacy, your legacy, your legacy. And that was all part of what caused him to invent the candidacy of Ron DeSantis. Um, and that is really Trump's, uh, that is really Murdoch's bubble, Fox's, Fox's bubble. And of course, we've seen how well that has gone. So, um, um, you know, I think kind of tragic irony is is kind of crushing him at this point. And we're recording this on the day after the second Republican debate, which again, like the first, it was had a slightly different dynamic. But again, it was Hamlet without the prince or Hamlet without the former president, wasn't it? I mean, even DeSantis's attempt to, to say that Trump was missing in action felt lame. Yeah, no, no complaint, and it, and, it, and it was an overt snub to Fox. Um, so um, Fox, which um, uh, yeah, which elected uh, Trump and became his a, a virtual adjunct to his White House, is is now he's now at war with Fox. You know, and again in, in Trump fashion, a kind of a, um, you know gleeful war. Michael, what one thing we we will talk more about the. Politic, the political dynamic with Murdoch because it, it is it is his body, it's his corpus. But I want to know what is he like? You've spent so much time with this guy, probably longer than some of his kids have in the last few years. And I just wonder, what's he like as a guy? How does he interact with people? What does he eat for lunch? What what are his well, work habits? Well, you know, you know. Um, um, well, I, I can tell you what what he eats for lunch. He goes to the. Um, um, uh, you know, to the to the um, uh, you know to the dining room at uh, at Fox, or you know, he used to do this, and you know, it was even funnier at the commissary and at uh, uh, in, in in Hollywood. And he spends a long time um, looking at the menu every day, um, <laughs> kind of studying it, and then and then and then he always orders the grilled chicken. <laughs> um, and has he got a sense of humor? Um, he has a mild sense of sense of humor. Sometimes, yeah. Um, um, he, he's he, let me let me say he's he's actually kind of good. I mean, kind of great to be with. He's a nice guy. He listens or tries to listen. Um, um, you, you know, he's tries to respond. He's um, um, he's kind of you know he's gr- he has great manners. Um, uh, courtly in his in his own own way, um, you know, mild, mild. I mean, I, I would say that's the that's the sort of the word that that kind of best describes him. Um, and if you talk to him about what he's interested in, he's quite animated, and he's interested mostly in media gossip. So if you have that for him, um, uh, he's he's um, he's he's kind of childlike almost. But one one of one of the issues is that he's he's phenomenally inarticulate um, and and he mumbles his way through everything 
um, the Australian accent still remains after all all these years really thick um, and um, and so you you often lose this stuff. I mean, I have I have uh, uh, you know a hundred or more hours of, of tape, which you really have to work to to decipher. Um, you know, but having 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 said that, he's not like you know the impatience of other super rich guys. The um, you know the looking over your shoulder, the wondering why you're here, um, is is absent. So it's. You know, again, there there is a lot there is a lot to like about Rupert Murdoch, and it sounds completely uh, other to Logan Roy, which of course everybody thinks is the kind of stage embodiment of him. But the opposite, Com- yeah, yeah, no, absolutely the opposite. I mean, the other thing about about Murdoch is he's completely conflict averse. He really does not. Um, does not want to engage at that level with 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 anyone, and I've, I've I've kind of often thought that that he's that he built this empire to um, um, to to be the proxy for everything he might want to be, what but was not. I noticed though that he knows enough about Logan Roy. Uh, you, you record in the book to describe the character Logan Roy as that asshole, which. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rather, puts the lie to the idea that they don't watch Succession. Yeah, no, I remember once, once after he got divorced from his second wife, wife Anna, and 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 she got married, he he would refer to the fact that she she married some old guy. <laughs> yeah, making way for an older man. Um, Michael, on the the question of Succession, which really does come not not with a small s, lowercase s. Um, obviously the book is infused with that sibling quarrel between the four siblings that were beneficiaries of the trust uh, and got two billion dollars each when a large part of Murdoch's assets were, were sold off. Reading your book, the one who strikes me as easily the most qualified to take over is Elizabeth. I, th- I think no question. I mean, she's the most accomplished media executive of her sibling generation and she's probably the most um, normal is that the word um, um, balanced rational nicest probably yes and, and also but, she has business chops doesn't she yes no no certainly accomplished built a built a significant company um, and um, um, independently, um, made made money independently from the two billion that that she got in the family disbursement. Um, but but of course she's a girl. But he but he also his I, I was I, I was kind of um, tripping onto his relationship with Rebecca Brooks, of course, who who he by all accounts dotes on and considers to be. You know, a wonderful human being and, and all capable, and has done everything he he can at any stage to pull her back into empowerment. How does that square? Um, I I think it I think it squares with her enormous loyalty and devotion. Um, you know, I, unlike his children, um, who are you know difficult, um, who are independent enough to. Um, to largely, or at least some of them, to to say what he does not want to hear. 
Rebecca says what, what he wants to hear. Right. Um, that's a kind of interesting career study of, of having, of how to mold yourself to, to the powers that you have to mold yourself to, to succeed. Right. And J- James Murdoch, uh, Michael, um, is a very, you know, vividly portrayed character in the book, and very um, captious and self-regarding, but also, crucially, has a sort of almost Napoleonic vision of his own capacity to change the world. Um, and he has this mission you two, described. Two billion will do that, I suppose. I guess it will, yeah. I'm, I'm unlikely to discover it. Um, but um, he says he wants to turn Fox into a force for good. I mean, isn't that a bit like saying... A fossil fuel company can be turned into a force for emissions reduction. I mean, how it just makes no business sense. As much as he, as often as he says it, makes absolutely no business sense. I mean, but you know, if you have two billion dollars in your pocket, it does not have to make business sense. Um, um, you know, this is you, you know he with two billion dollars in your pocket, you are no longer an economic human being. Um, um, so, um, um, so yes, and and I think I mean you could say okay, I can take Fox News, and and if I'm willing to sacrifice, uh, you know, I don't know what a, a billion, a billion and a half dollars in profits, um, I, I could I could turn this into what I want, and why not? He might say, um, you know, if I'm sacrificing a billion or a billion and a half dollars of, by the way, my shareholders. Um, Money for the um, uh, uh, for the good of the world. Why not? And I think that's probably his his view. Um, now he may be and probably is Napoleonic enough to say to say no. I, I don't have to say I I can do this without sacrificing that that kind of money. I can make a force for good, and I can because I've never I've never I can't imagine life without without um without the money flowing in i i will also make it a incredibly you know you know its own profit machine i i don't know you see he also seems to have a a weirdly fractious relationship with his father doesn't he i i think you know like he's he's quite shouty with his dad and is there something yeah no has always always been yeah um i mean there's there's yeah i mean the alistair campbell diaries um from from the famous meeting when when you know Blair went to the the Murdochs on bended knee, um, um, are very funny as he describes describes James and you know right. you know um, um, you know the guy can't shut up you know that Godfather line <laughs> about you know never talk in front of you know outsiders in the, in the anyway. I don't know what's got into yeah. you, Santino. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, uh, but which leaves Lachlan, and upon whom, the at least provisionally, and I think uh, underlined provisionally, um, the succession has fallen. Who comes across as something of an empty vessel, wanting to please his father, c- cement his father's legacy, but not really having a vision of the future, and crucially, an absentee landlord a lot of the time in in Australia. Is, is, no, extraordinary. I mean, you know, he's a, you know, Lachlan is a, um, you know, a really puzzling figure. Um, and I think for people in the family, too, what does Lachlan want? But I think the, the answer is probably not this. Um, and he holds this job perhaps mostly because his brother wants it more. 
So um, what does that add up to except, except that his mission is pl- to please his father? I mean, he sees his father as an historic individual, not, not unreasonably, and has accepted his place in his shadow. It's interesting because um, when on, on our last episode, Matt and I were talking about how, in fact, now it's Elon Musk's world. It's Mark Zuckerberg's world. It's a world in which... You know, Joe Rogan can get a multiple of, of viewers more than Fox has ever dreamt of. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned in the book, the conservative ecosphere is being filled with new entrants like Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire and so on. So is there a way whoever takes over, whatever sort of corporate structure emerges after Murdoch's death, is there a way for the Murdoch dynasty to recover its previous global power in a digital world or or are we looking at an end of empire no no i mean we are i mean i mean i mean let's remember fundamentally um you know in 2017 they they made the decision you know for a couple of reasons they made the decision to sell the lion's share of it so um um and that went to uh, that went to the Disney company. I mean, they made and they they probably it's probably a brilliant deal. They sold at the at the top of the market, um, but um, but it 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 was an exit. Um, you're not going to create that that empire again. Could you create some kind of business yet to be seen? I mean, if effectively, what what the business that exists now is a rump business. The assets they have, they only have them because Disney wouldn't take them, either for regulatory reasons or because Disney, of course, did not want um, Fox News's toxicity. It's it is unclear what this company becomes. It's unclear what it what it should become. It's unclear what it can become, and it's unclear what its controlling shareholders or want it to become. Perhaps, and that's perhaps most of all the important point. Michael, one, one thing that's of particular interest in the UK is what would happen, do you think, to the newspapers that Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, so clearly cherished and invested literally so much, both emotionally and financially, into? Uh, I don't imagine you, Lachlan cares about them that much. What do you think might happen? It's a fu- it's a, well, it's a funny, it's a funny thing that, that that question even gets asked. Um, you know, and it gets asked partly because, you know, Rupert Murdoch has been such a dependable owner and he's been around for so long um, that 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 he becomes a kind of fixed star here. Um, and to and to and to imagine him not being there is almost impossible. But on the other hand, it's very obvious what happens. They get sold. Um, um, uh, you know, there's no one who wants them, um, you know, and and. Last year, Lachlan had this um, this cockamamie scheme, and it was sort of Lachlan and Rupert, but it was hard to tell whose scheme it was to join the um, to join the television company um, uh, Fox and with with the newspaper company uh, News. And that kind of proposal to Fox shareholders was, "Hey, here's a good idea. Let's buy a newspaper company." And of course, this went went nowhere. And the nature. There, there's a sort of interesting subtext here in in which in which most deals that these companies do simply need the assent of the Murdochs, but this particular deal, by its nature, needed the consent of all the shareholders, which 
which was never going to happen. So it was another kind of indication of management disarray that they even proposed it, and the deal almost immediately fell apart. It's interesting that, uh, you know, you mentioned it in those terms. There was a time when the UK was very much the heart of the Murdoch empire. And and now in the book, and you vividly present it as it's really a far-flung outpost, um, you know, representing his past, past he cherishes, but the past. And so specifically, does it's interesting, his titles in the UK are backing Rishi Sunak, who is set if the polls are to be believed for a defeat. But does it now matter in the Murdoch world? No, I don't. I don't think it does. And I don't think he's paying much attention to it. And um, it's just, I'm sure this is Rebecca's decision. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Can we talk about you for a little bit? Because I'm fascinated by one, and I know you've faced this question many times, but maybe our listeners haven't heard the answer. Why the hell anyone would agree to spend a lot of time with Michael Wolf to have you then over an extended period lay open their lives so brilliantly, but transparently and, and in, in, at times brutally as you do? Why do they say yes? And then once they've said yes, how do you then go about gaining their confidence, spending time with them. What's your process in, in deconstructing their lives as you do? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like Rupert. I'm a polite guy. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't try to exert myself. It's their story. Um, I'm, I'm there just to, just to look and, and, 
and listen. I don't personally have a have much of a political agenda, and I'm I'm not that kind of a reporter. Um, um, you know, I'm just a, literally just a set of set of eyes and ears. Um, but you have a brilliant uh, uh, instinct. You have a brilliant instinct, Michael, for un- for understanding when that bit of gold dust drops, and you have a great talent for magnifying those telling moments that become literally headlines around the world. You know, it must be a dangerous game for somebody to say, "Yes, I'll I'll get Michael Wolf in to do my biography." Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm fortunate in that most of the people I write about don't read books or probably <laughs> read much of anything. Um, um, you know, so they know that I know that other, the people they know, um, and they've sort of seen me before. Because I mean, I you you know, sometimes I think of myself that I'm, I'm that I that I'm sort of like a you know, a palace chronicler. Um, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a guy around who, who um, is, is vaguely recognizable. Um, so, um, um, you know, so you slip in. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Joan Didion was asked a sort of similar question. She said, well, I'm very small. Yeah. People don't really notice, yeah. notice me. And, um, um, and, 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 and I think that's, that's, you know, that's part of the job of, of what I do, keeping my mouth shut. Um, this is not about me. Um, and, um, um, and then, I'm, you know, I'm a good listener. I, everybody wants someone to listen to them. So, I mean, I mean, I, so the, the real answer is here is I have no idea, um, <laughs> but it seems to, it seems to keep working. So. So I, my my view is do nothing different. And and who would be next on your hit list, or who is on your next list? I you know I never I don't know it's it's kind of it's kind of random. Um, you know I, I mean we're in this we're in this world which I've kind of become you know strongly vested in the Trump age. Um, I mean, I think this is this remains clearly the the dominant story of 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 our time. This is where we are. This is our fate. Um, so some some piece of that probably I go to next. I would imagine. When you, I remember when you finished the third Trump book, there was a sense of, at least a sense provisionally of an ending. Um, are you are you surprised by the extent to which he has bounced back from what looked like a not just the disaster of January the sixth and so on, but the midterms and now ninety one criminal indictments that he is still so um, resolutely and implacably determined to get back that he is so dominant on the American scene? Does that surprise you at all, Michael? Yeah, I think it surprises everybody. I mean, I think it's it's gobsmacking. Um, but then you you kind of remember, you know, what's what's Trump's, what is one of Trump's key talents? Maybe his maybe his his central talent, um, and that is always to make himself a winner, even when he's a loser. There's a great there's a great line in in, in in the book where you quote Sean Hannity, who is perhaps the Fox presenter most close to Trump, um, and a great confidant of his, as you, as you explained vividly. Um, and 
Hannity, after the defeat in 2020, is saying, oh, this is great. Eight more years of Donald Trump because we can have the Mar-a-Lago exile, which we've had in all its sort of medieval grotesquerie. And then in Hannity's view, the return to the White House. And it's it's being played out as a, a se- seasons of a television series, isn't it? I, completely. I mean, and it's, and it's that thing. I mean, I think we're just at this moment and and I don't think we're actually at the moment yet of really coming face to face with the fact that he could be the president again. This has gone from the um, fant- the, the incredible to the fantastical to the unimaginable um, uh, to the plausible at this point. I mean, when your first book on Trump, Fire and Fury, came out, it, it made a huge impact because it revealed the lack of method and the chaos within the Trump White House in such sort of detail and, and with authority and, and, and it really did shift the goalposts on our understanding of Trump. Do you, I mean, it's very hard to predict chaos, but if he wins, what should we expect, if, if anything at all, from the second term? What's, what, what distinguishes it from the first? You know, I would, I would say probably little. Trump is a Trump is a simple machine. He wants he wants what he wants. He wants attention. Um, so I, I I don't know you know and he has no I mean remember here here's a man with no particular agenda beyond attention for himself. No particular goals. No particular policy points of view. None of the things and this kind of marks the difficulty in understanding Trump. None of the things which anyone else in a in a um, in a political role would want or has been trained to want or understands that they might need to want. Um, None of that exists for Trump. So it is just him. I'm back. It will be like that. I'm back. And I want to remind you every day that I'm back and I'm Donald Trump. You describe in some detail the, um, certainly to the outside world, out of the blue sacking of Tucker Carlson. It's an extraordinary and fascinating character and you know massive smash hit presenter of fox and and you talk about his presidential ambitions um seems unlikely unless trump falls that carlson would step forward for 2024 but do you think carlson will one day run for president you know i mean this is these are you know as they say this is a long time in american politics um but um um but but I think if if you thought about the profile, the future political profile, the future, the, Donald Trump has provided a radical change in the paradigm of who can be president and who people want to be president. Um, and what that comes down to, of course, is is a television star. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I mean, Tucker has... It's kind of two things. He's a television star, and he's probably been the one person who's been able to provide a cogent intellectual framework, as um, bananas as it sometimes also seems, to um, to the whole MAGA world. Michael, just be, as we wrap up, I just wonder, I don't know how much attention you pay to UK politics, but I wondered if you do, what, what are your views on, on what's happening on our scepted isle and how, how does it look from across the pond um, the state of British politics well I, th- I think it's a it's a highly relevant point um, to make for a British audience that it doesn't look from across the pond 
that nobody here is interested in British politics. It's not a subject. It doesn't cross anybody's media or or anybody's mind, um, which says something about British politics, of course, um, and about British politicians. You know, Tony Blair, when Tony Blair was prime minister, and, and I would say if you took a poll, probably most Americans or a good part of Americans believe he is still prime minister. Um, um, you know, he he courted that American consciousness, um, and nobody has done that that since. Even even you know Boris Johnson, who you might think would have, um, you know, where is where is stardom? How do you create the greatest stardom in the U.S.? Um, I, I would have thought that was appealing. It, it's hard to imagine um, Keir Starmer or Rishi Sunak sitting in the balcony and being applauded by both houses of Congress after the president speaks well of him, isn't it? Just isn't something that is likely to happen. That's an interesting and maybe important subtext. Um, beyond that, I, I am actually interested, not least of all, because because um, I visit with Matt as, uh, as often as I can, um, uh, and he tells me what to think. Um, but um, This is not true. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I don't. I don't. It seems like it's up in the air. Like a change is, uh, like a, um, uh, like the wind is blowing. So I'm, I'm eager to see. Very discouraging because we were all told during the Brexit referendum that America was absolutely falling over itself to get into bed with Britain and wanted to go and sail forth across the Atlantic with, you know, in a buccaneering global trade, and 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 this would be our future. But what you're saying is that most Americans don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and actually, I have the distinction of saying, and this was probably three weeks before the Brexit vote, maybe two weeks. Um, I was interviewing Donald Trump, and I asked him about his feelings about Brexit, and he drew a complete and utter blank. Oh my God! So I told him what Brexit Great. is. Great. Well. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for doing that in the first place. I thank you, Michael. I'm sure it helped. And but thank you for doing this. Best of luck with a marvellous book, The Fall, The End of the Murdoch Empire by Michael Wolfe. Thank you book. so much. Cheers, Michael. Thanks for having me, and I hope to see you both soon. See you very soon. Take, Take care. care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, he was He was on really good form, and there's lots to chew over there. Yeah, you, you, you know him. I know him quite well, and yeah. uh, um, uh, he's, he's a fascinating journalist yeah. he really is and I think it, what he said about just being a nice guy it, it came through he there. is a nice guy yeah he is a nice guy well listeners um, let us know what you thought of the uh, Michael Wolf interview and if you have any questions around that or anything else going on in the world not much going on in the world but if, if Quiet, perchance really. you are worried about Suella Braverman or Rishi Sunak or HS2 or anything at all climate change climate ch- any of the current disasters <laughs> du jour then get in touch with us um, we're going to do a Q&A special starting in a couple of weeks uh, and the email for your questions is two mats at tnepublishing.co.uk that's the number two two mats at tnepublishing.co.uk and a quick reminder for our special deal for all new subscribers we still have stock of Rory Stewart's amazing new book Politics on the Edge and you'll get a free copy worth 22 quid with every new subscription from just one pound a week go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats and there's a link in the show notes thanks as ever to the third Matt, producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. And until next week, 
It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.